Welcome to episode 84 of Woods and the Word Getting Coffee. I'm Randall Wood. And I'm Isaac Wood. We are a father-son duo walking through the Bible together in hopes of bringing God's Word to life in your life. Pour a cup of coffee and join us. Well, Isaac, uh, here we are in the new year, and I've got my uh, Be Still and Know That I Am God Cup from uh, Psalm 4610, which we're going to talk about today. Uh, how are you doing this new year? That was a little teaser for today's message. Yeah. Um, I feel like I just looking at us here with our gray background and our shirt combination here, we look very much like moss on rocks, I feel like this morning. Not anything to do with wood, um, but it's good to be here, Old Faithful, drinking some coffee this morning. Um, definitely enjoying it and uh, looking forward to enjoying some time in the Word with you this morning. Awesome. Well, we're uh, we're gonna dive into this verse uh, from uh, Psalm forty six ten. It says, "Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations." And uh, we're gonna focus in for most of the first half of this year on knowing God more, getting to know the names of God and and the names of Jesus the names of the holy spirit and and what that reveals about god's character and what difference that should make in our lives as we if we think rightly about god and and follow him then uh, he should make a real difference in how we live this year so the first thing we have to do if we're going to focus in on knowing god is we've got to deal with the paradox because can you know the unknowable? <laughs> yeah, I love it. We start off like, yeah, know God, know God. You can know God. You should try to know God. Your goal should be to know God. Step one, you can't know God. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I think I, I think it's a, it's a uh, there's a difference there. Obviously, you can know God because He tells you to. Um, what I think where the paradox comes in is that it's impossible for us to fully understand God. Um, There's a difference in knowing who he is and experiencing him and completely being able to, as a human, as the created, be able to really understand the extents, the extent of God and how he is. (laughs) Um, We don't, we don't understand being a God, being God being a creator um we can't our brains can't handle all of that we can't handle all of him but obviously because god tells us to be still and know him it is possible for us to know who he is and to recognize him and to experience him and he's the one who's going to reveal that to us it's it's a revelation from god that only is the only way that we can know him because he is the infinite creator eternal god of the universe and we are a a finite created being so there will be a lots about god that we won't be able to understand and too often people let that trip them up they're like well i don't understand why god doesn't just zap all the evil and 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 well i don't either but but he's god we're not able to we're not able to understand that no and we, we have to be okay with that. We have to have the humility to realize I'm just one of his creations. Now, the fact that he would reveal anything at all about who he is to me is absolutely amazing. The fact that he wants us to know him, and so he gave us his word, 
and has revealed himself to us is astounding. But he does that in the context of saying and reminding us often, hey, my ways are not your ways. Your ways are not my ways. My ways are up here. I'm, I'm higher than you are. You're not going to get what I'm doing unless I spell it out for you. And even then. You're yeah, like, we're sitting here struggling through a game of checkers, and he's doing like 12D chess. At all. <laughs> well, and actually, it's like 9 million D chess because he's working with every every human that's on the planet right? Um, and, and working it all together. But um, but yeah, I think, so that it fits. It's yeah. just, right? one, of the, one of the early stages and requirements to know God is to know that he is God and you are not. Um, yes. And so for me to understand that he's God and I'm not, that is sort of the foundation of them being able to know God more because you're not trying to, as you, as you experience him, you're not trying to understand all of it. You're not trying to compare yourself to him. You're not trying to say, well, if I was God, I would do this. We'll think we are thankful that you are not God because we, we, right. we would screw that up. Just like we can't even be human. Well, <laughs> um, exactly. so, um, so yeah, very early in the in that process, the foundation for knowing God more is understanding that, that, that He is God, and and that is different than what you and I are. Absolutely, so true, and and so His admonition here in in Psalm forty six, where He's telling us that He's our refuge and help. He's a very present help in time of trouble, and then down in verse ten, be still and know that I am God. Uh, and the be still, uh, Warren Wiersbe helps us understand that, that the word there means take your hands off. Take your hands off what you're trying to control and how you're trying to shape and frame what's going on in the world. Take your hands off and know that he is God. Very Carrie Underwoody there with uh, <laughs> Very much so, Jesus yeah. take the wheel. But, um, right. but yeah, that the biggest the biggest threat to you and I's ability, I'll just say our, to our ability to knowing God is our own hands. Um, it's yeah. our own self-desire or desire to have self-control over everything. Um, our focus on self that we want to influence and shape our own lives. Um, and yes, yes. And that that we want to be the one doing and executing and and being responsible for uh our life and the decisions that we make um and so being able to to let uh to be still to take our hands off of controlling everything of influence everything um of 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 we think we're in control of our own life and to, to be able to step back that's where we can find god when we stop trying to influence everything step back from self and experience God. Right. And so, you know, part of being still is to recognize that we live in a noisy world and, and, and Satan loves to keep it noisy. And we like to keep ourselves busy. We're the busiest bunch of people running around. Uh, oftentimes, you know, it feels like we're passing ourselves on the road going here and there. Um, and, and, you know, if you're going to know that he is God, then you're going to slow down a little bit and spend it's, some focused time with him. And it's not just activity. It's just in today's world, it's so easy. You could be doing nothing. 
And then you have the you have the ability for your brain for your eyes to be continuously active, whether it's you know playing games, watching TV, scrolling, whatever. Your brain can be engaged and can to just to be able to just sit still and be quiet is so hard to do. Um, and just that's that's when God can speak to you, and it's um, even better if you can sit still, be quiet with God's word. Um, and that's the importance to being able to carve out some time every day to uh, to read his word so that then you can um, you can hear from him in your life. Uh, yeah. the, the God's word show, God's word shows up in our lives in uh, at least two different ways. One is like he's already given us a foundation in scripture, a truth in the Bible that is important for us to to have a foundation of our life for us to be aware of. Um, and the only way you can do that is by, by reading it, um, by right. seeing it and hearing it um, and to know what it says, that that's the truth. But then through that, like it, it, the scriptures are alive. And that means that when you read scripture, God then speaks to your heart himself, the creator God of this universe today, right now, this moment, who he is as almighty God speaks directly to your heart. And he's telling you intimate things about your life. And about what he wants you to do now and today. So those are God's words to your to your life. So when, when we talk about, you know, listening to God's word and obeying God's word, it's not just finding commands in the Bible and, and doing those commands. Right. It, it is reading the Bible, discovering who God is, but then listening to him. He talks to us today. He speaks into your heart, into your mind, and gives you proddings and poolings and nudges to go uh, to go do things, to go execute his desired plan for your life. And it's when we obey those, now we're in his presence, we're in his will, and we can experience what he has planned for us, which is abundant life, the best life. Your the best Randall Wood life, the best Isaac Wood life is what God has planned for us. We think we can go out and try to pursue that on our own. And that's where we better that, mock it all up. Better than God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And and so the invitation is clear. Be still and know that I am God. So we can know about God. We can know God personally. He wants to have this relationship with us. And really, it, we'll get there faster when we admit that we're actually hungry to do exactly that. We're, we're hungry. The scripture says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And Paul in Philippians 3, he, you hear his passion. Uh, this is near the end of his ministry. And he, he just wants to know God more. Um, he, you know, he talks about his pedigree and, and he kind of reads his resume to us a little bit. Uh, but then he says in verse 7 of Philippians 3, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. He's hungry to know God more. And, and each of us have this hunger within us. As the Bible says, he's put eternity in our hearts. We want to know God. And, and, and that is the image of God within us speaking forth because he created us in his image. And so we want to know our creator. Uh, and and the more we think about God in that way, uh, A.W. Tozer, who wrote a great book, The Knowledge of the Holy, What Can We Know About God? He said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing to us. 
and and it's it's so true and he he talks in, in in this book about the yearning to know god and the fact that it comes from this image of god within us he says the yearning to know what cannot be known to comprehend the incompre incomprehensible to touch and taste the unapproachable arises from the image of god in the nature of man deep calleth unto deep and though polluted and landlocked by the mighty disaster theologians call the fall the soul senses its origin and longs to return to its source. How can we do that? Well, we do that through Jesus Christ. And, 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 and he said, in Christ and by Christ, God affects complete self-disclosure. He shows himself not to reason, but to faith and love. And, and so God has revealed himself to us through Jesus Christ so that we can know him. When we talk about the hunger to know God, I always think about Moses. Mm -hmm. um, so we're, we're all very familiar with Moses' story. He he leads the Israelites out of Egypt, the whole exodus, Red Sea, parting the Red Sea goes and gets the Ten Commandments. Um, but I, I love the story of Moses in Exodus 33. So after he's gone up and gotten the Ten Commandments, so the Israelites are out, they're headed towards the promised land. Right. God's got a land that he has designed for them. Um, and Moses goes up, gets the Ten Commandments, comes back down, and the Israelites have already wandered and strayed. Uh, they built a golden calf and they're worshiping some of the God. It's like, Kali, what are you guys doing? Um, and so both Moses and God are upset with the Israelites. Right. right. Um, and so like God gets to the point of like, listen, like you guys go on without me. <laughs> and Moses says, Moses, I love what, what Moses says uh, in Exodus 33. Um, Moses says to God, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. Hmm. So he says, hey, I get this as promised land. with It's, it's got, uh, it's, it's lush. It's got provisions for us. It's flowing with milk and honey. It's this beautiful place that you've designed for us. But if you don't go with us, I would rather stay here in the on the side of this mountain. Um <laughs> and he says, um, and then so God then promises, hey, yes, th this very thing that you have spoken, I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by my name. And so there's this intimacy. And then Moses, I love Moses' desire to know God, because Moses talking to God says, show me your glory. Yeah. One of my favorite lines in scripture, show me your glory. Moses says, I want to, one, I don't want to go do the calling on my life. I don't want to go to where you've called me. If you're not there, mm. my, my calling is to be with you. Um, so if you're not going there, then that is no longer my promised land. Yeah. Um, and, and, but then he's like, but I want to, even now that we're here, I want to just know you more. And God's response is like, Hey, you can't cause you're a human. <laughs> you right. can't see all of my glory. You can't handle it. But what you can do is hide in that rock. I'm going to pass by. And basically you can, you can get my essence my the the, right. the you know my odor <laughs> you can handle that it's still right. going to do some damage yeah. to you but you can yeah. handle it and not die and so it's like but moses had this desire to know god and then what i love is he told that to the um to the israelites so then at the end of deuteronomy because mm. moses doesn't get to go to the promised land right no moses doesn't get to go to the promised land but he really did he really did. At the end of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 33, he's telling the people, there is none like God who rides through the heavens to your help, through the skies in his majesty. 
the eternal God is your dwelling place and mm -hmm. underneath are the everlasting arms. And mm -hmm. so Moses is telling the Israelites, hey, you're about to go into this promised land. But actually what I've discovered is that the promised land is God himself. Mm -hmm. He is your dwelling place. It's not this this great lush land, you're going to go conquer land and you're going to acquire cities. And this is going to be a physical place that you guys, that God has promised you. But the real secret is to discover that it's not where you are, mm. it's who you're with, that God is your dwelling place. And so Moses, Moses saw being with God as being his promised land. And that's what he said in Exodus 33. If you're not there, it's not a promise. I don't want to be there. So my promised land is you. And that's Moses had that hunger for God to where it didn't matter what was going on around him. If God was not there, he was like, I don't need to be there. And, and we can have that. We do have that same hunger, um, but we can pursue our life in the same way of God. Leave me where you are, where you are is where I want to be. And if you want me to be somewhere else, if you tell me you're going to be there, that's where I want to be. And I'm not going to let anything that I understand keep me away from that. Right. And so it is the essence of our eternal life. Our relationship with him is knowing him. This is what Jesus said in his incredible priestly prayer before going to the cross. In, uh, in John 17, he starts praying, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So the essence of eternal life, we talk about having life with God that starts now and lasts forever, uh, this relationship with him, the essence of that is knowing God and knowing Jesus. And we can only do that by the spirit which he gives us. So it's getting to know the triune God, uh, one name at a time as it represents his character, his essence. And, and it's really our desire should be to know him because that is our life. It should change everything. And, you know, it uh, a couple of years ago, I think I've mentioned this before, a couple of years ago, that really hit home with me that like I realized that I had been reading the Bible, trying to look for like I would read a passage of scripture and try to take away things that I could do differently. Right. Mm -hmm. which is not a not an awful thing to be reading the Bible for, to develop yourself. But uh, I can't remember where I heard it, but the, it was revealed to me that, you know, you should be reading Scripture to to un, to know God. And that's a different way to read Scripture. Well, you're yes. reading a pastor saying, what does this tell me about God? God, who are you? Reveal yourself to me today. Show me your glory. Mm -hmm. Show me your love. Show me who you are in this Scripture. That's going to influence what I do. Like, that's going to have that same effect downstream of, of in, in, in sure. influencing my actions, but to actually approach scripture of like, I want to learn about God here. Not, not just skip to, I want to live a better life. I want to do better. That's very works-based. Whereas it just understanding who God is. Um, and so it's, it's not easy to do every time I read scripture, I'm not perfectly looking at it through that lens but to be aware of trying to first learn who God is in a passage of scripture and then see how that understanding of who God is influences what I do in my life. Excellent. That's, uh, that's really good. And that's, you know, really our next point here is, is friends, if you want to know God, 
then you need to make the commitment to get to know him. Um, and, and this is what Peter was talking about at the end of his life, uh, as he was getting ready to die for his faith in, in the Lord Jesus, um, in the, his last words in second Peter three are keep on growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. Peter says, here's the deal. You've got to keep growing. You've got to keep knowing God more. Um, and Paul said the same thing in Philippians three from a Roman prison, his focus is, I want to know him. I want to know him more. Uh, everything else I'm doing doesn't matter. What matters is knowing Jesus Christ more, knowing God more. Um, and, and so we've got to make the commitment to do that. And so, then, like, pr so practically, like, what does that look like, right? Like, how do you, you may be listening to this or watching this, like, oh, that sounds great. I'd love to know God more. Um, yeah. I can't, like, how do I do that? And so practically, that's a commitment. We've kind of mentioned it today. Spend yep. time in God's word. You got to start in the Bible. Um, the, that The Bible tells you God's truth, uh, and it reveals who he is. Um, and, and Jesus, the life of Jesus, um, Jesus said, I, I'm here so that you can see God, um, that you can know who, who God is and how he is. Um, and so start in your Bible. That's got to be a commitment you know, as you turn over a new year, a lot of us make commitments that we want to try to accomplish in a year. If you don't regularly read your Bible on a daily basis, right. commit to do that. That's got to be the start. Um, but then also then commit to considering God in all your ways. Uh, in, in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, yep. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge God. Just And what that means, just think of God throughout the day. As you're making decisions, as you're going about your day, consider him and his thoughts on what you're doing. Um, and then get in the habit of obeying his nudges. If you're going to spend more time in God's word, if you're going to be considering him and thinking of him more often, what that means is that you're, you're living a life that's in communion with God more. You're closer to God. You're going to hear from God more. When you hear from God, <laughs> obey. Start yeah. to stack yeses, as we say. Yeah. Uh, when, when God calls you and pulls you to do something, get used to saying yes and just doing it. Even when it doesn't make sense to you, when it doesn't uh, fit into what you were already doing, um, when, it, when it breaks up your routines, start saying yes and see how God moves in your life because he will. And then as God moves in your life, you start to know God by being in activity with God. You're living life with God. That's how you know God. It's not just sitting in your office and reading words and putting a bullet point list of this is who God is. It's a good thing to do to be able to, to see some of the attributes of God. But the way you really know God is by living life with him, right? Like the way you know your spouse is by living life with your spouse. Okay, right. You don't just live on opposite sides of the world and understand attributes, look at a description of them and think that you know them. It's a commitment to each other and it's a living of life with each other. That That's how you know God. So read your Bible, think about him, right, and then obey him. Obey what he puts on your heart. If yeah. you're in the Bible and you're thinking about him, talking to God, he's going to speak to you and start to say yes. You're going to know God more. Right.
Right. Because as you get to know him, you're going to fall in love with him. Uh, the more you love him, the more you trust him, the more you trust him, you will obey him. The more you obey him, you experience him in fresh new ways. You get to know him more. And that cycle continues to repeat. Uh, that's how it works. So uh, we, and, and, you know, there's there, the scripture will speak to you and show you how to do that. It's so interesting that as I was working on this message yesterday, uh, I got an email from uh, Preset Ministries, and they uh, the title of it was Be Still and Know That He Is God. <laughs> well, that kind of got my attention because I was literally typing out my notes for this message on focused on that verse of Scripture. And so it, it talks about a, a, a cure for anxiety. If you're struggling with anxiety, they invite you to take this seven-day challenge with their ministry. And anybody who's listening to this and wants to send me an email at rkwood200 at gmail.com and say, hey, Randall, forward me that email, um, I'll be happy to do it so that you can take the seven-day challenge. And it's just going to give you a, a, a little idea that, that to spend a few moments each day dwelling on the truth of scripture, practicing being still before the Lord, not for an hour or not even for 20 minutes, but just for a few minutes. And then during the challenge, they say you'll discover new ways to reduce stress, quiet your mind, still your heart as you rest in God, our ever-present refuge, which is what Psalm 46 says. So if you want to, if you want to step into that, it's just seven days. Um, again, send me an email. I'll be glad to forward to you what I've got. And uh, you can join that and see if you find it helpful as a very practical way to meditate on the majesty of God, consider who he is, and, and thank him for the reality that he is knowable. He, uh, he can't be known fully. We can't understand him, but you can know him. You can know him at a deeper level, an ongoing relational level as he guides and directs your life. It'll make all the difference in 2024 if you commit yourself to know God more. Amen. Do it. All right, go do it. Let us know what happens. Yeah.